0: Hello and welcome to the Rome Around League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, I'll look at some guys around the league who will break out in 2022. Guys that could take a leap and become elite players during the 2022 season. Also look at some guys in the commanders that will have a breakout impact on the team next year. A lot to preview, so here we go. Starting around the league um, The one quarterback I'm really going to go with The San Francisco quarterback Trey, Trey Lance um, obviously, All accounts look like obviously moving on with Jimmy Garoppolo um, He would more likely be traded this summer Or I guess be Trey Lance's backup Um, You know Jimmy I guess could Maybe go to Cleveland if wants Watson is traded I mean he's suspended all year Or maybe um, Seattle if he is cut I doubt if San Francisco is going to um, trade him into the division Or maybe Houston with all the connections um, From the New England days that are now in Houston Maybe Jimmy may go for him if they're trying to win more uh, quicker um than um than later obviously Davis Mills is the guy that looks like they're trying to build around or at least give him a chance but maybe he uses a shot, shot for a Jimmy but either way get my Trey lands you know, I really liked him coming out in twenty twenty one. Um, he had the most one of the eh, obviously Trevor Lawrence had the most potential, but I think Trey Lance maybe had the most potential outside of Trevor Lawrence, um, just because of his rocket arm and his mobility, um, that he brings to the table. And you know, he could really give Kyle Shanahan his most mobile quarterback since Robert Griffith third, obviously in 2012 during his rookie year. So Trey Lance had limited playing time last year. He was forty one to seventy one, six hundred three passing yards, five touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, he didn't look amazing. Uh, he made a few plays, you know, here and there. He did thirty eight carries, one hundred sixty eight yards. 4.4 ypc there and one one rushing touchdown, but I think Kyle's going to put him in a position to see he always does when it comes um, you know, to his personnel. So I think Trey Lance is a guy that can easily you know have 4,000 yards total offense, between passing and rushing, 30 total touchdowns between passing and rushing, and you know keep that team afloat with NFC West and contenders, um, you know to you know make a deep playoff run. So I think Trey Lance has all the potential in the world. It might not be evident right away in year two, but I think he's going to have a really you know, solid year for San Francisco. And then moving on to Baltimore players, you're running by J.K. Dobbins coming off a torn ACL. But in 2020, he had 134 carries, 805 rushing yards, good for a six yards per carry, which is, you know, tremendous elite level right there and nine rushing touchdowns. Um, he's easily a 1,000-yard runner if he's able to play 17 games this year. That's obviously in question due to the injury, um, you know, coming off an injury. Even if he plays 14 or 15, he can easily get 1,000 yards based on the way they play offense there with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. And obviously they're more of a rushing offense when they're successful, at least, you know, they passed a little more last year. And so they didn't make the playoffs, but obviously that was part of, you know, Lamar Jackson missing those last, you know, four or five games of the year. That's really why Baltimore did not make the playoffs, but J.K. Dobbins is clearly running back one there. He'll be spelled out Mike Davis and Gus Edwards, but, you know, Dobbins is the clear number one lead back as long as he is healthy. Then you have Rashad Bateman, who's now the number one wide receiver in Baltimore after the Marquise Brown trade. You know, Bateman was the first round pick last year in 2021. Really liked him coming out of Minnesota. He's a good route runner for his size. Reminded me a lot of Allen Robinson coming out of the draft. He had 46 catches, 515 yards receiving, good for 11.2 yards per catch and one touchdown last year. I think he can easily get up 1,000 yards um, this year, you know, six or seven touchdowns, 70 catches. And Lamar is getting better and developing more as a passer going into his year, fifth year in the league. Uh, Mark Andrews, this is his number one target in Baltimore at tight end. But Bateman's a guy that's going to be his number one receiver and someone that, like I said, is going to be a really good player for Baltimore and for Lamar Jackson to throw to. Then you have Denver receiver Jerry Judy, another guy I was really high on, you know, coming out of the draft a few years ago. Thirty eight catches, four hundred and sixty-seven yards. Uh, good for a twelve point three average. And um, that was last year, but he missed a good amount of time due to a, you know, pretty um, serious ankle injury. And then his rookie year he had fifty two catches, eight hundred and fifty six yards, sixteen point five yards per catch and three touchdowns. Um, He's had some drop issues his first two years, some injury issues, but um, he was right up there with CeeDee Lamb as my number one receiver in that draft class. I really like Judy. I think his game's only going to get better now with Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. He's easily a thousand-yard receiver um, talent-wise. Now, he might not get that this year in Denver due to all the targets they have now with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Um, you know, the list goes on. And even K.J. Hamler. Um, so, I mean, and they're going to run the ball a lot, too. they get Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon in the backfield, two capable thousand yard rushers um Javante Williams is going to take a big step in Denver and he's on that list too uh, yeah, I didn't mention him uh mentioned J.K. Dobbins Javante Williams is the guy that's going to be the clear um cut lead back in Denver in my opinion I think Melvin Gordon's going to take a little more of a step back this year but Javante Williams is another guy that can have 1200 yards rushing in Denver um but anyways game back to our Judy. Uh, he's a guy I'm really high on I think he's a thousand yard receiver as long as you know he can stay healthy being a Buffalo receiver Gabriel Davis he had 35 catches 400 549 yards 15.7 yards per catch six touchdowns last year and I think everyone remembers that epic playoff game. It was probably the best playoff game ever, or at least the last 20, 30 years. In that game, he had 200, over 20 yards receiving and four touchdowns. Um, you know, obviously, Stefan Diggs is a clear number one receiver for Josh Allen. Diggs is a top-five receiver in the NFL. Gabriel Davis is now going to be the clear-cut number two receiver in that, in that um, room now that Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders are um, free agents. Uh, and Davis, a guy, is a big target for Josh Allen. Um, he's good down the field as well. Really strong hands. Um, another guy, I keep saying it, but he could give you a thousand yard receiver in that offense with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs on the opposite side. I think Cable Davis is going to take a really big step this year and you know and make that offense even more lethal than it already is. Then you have Denver's tight end Alberto Um He Alberto, for the sake of this, I'm going to keep going forward. He had a pretty good year in Missouri. Career at Missouri, he's now the number one tight end. Denver now the Noah fan was part of that Russell Wilson trade. Last year, 33 catches, 330 yards, at 10 yards per catch and two touchdowns. Again, this really goes to the Russell Wilson effect. Albert O is a guy that can get 50 catches, 500, 600 yards. You know, five touchdowns can be a good red zone target for Russell Wilson. But again, there's so many uh, good weapons in Denver's offense now, he might have not the most high numbers, but he's a guy that it will take a big step um, as a tight end and you know, give Russell some, Wilson someone to throw to in between the hashes. Then you have Houston addresser, Jonathan Bernard. He had limited playing time last year, but still he had 33 tackles. He had 33 total tackles and eight sacks. And he can he can double his snap count next year, and then you're looking at 12 to 13 sacks. Um, Houston obviously is not the most talented roster in the NFL. Probably the least talented in the NFL, right up there with Atlanta. But Bernard's the guy the guy that they can you know have and be a. You know, a linchpin of that defense and someone they can build around on that defense on the edge. So Grenard the guy that had eight sacks last year. I can see him having double digit next year. You have Indianapolis head rusher, Kawiti Pay. He's a former first round pick. In his rookie year last year, he had 32 tackles and 44 sacks. Um, he had a good amount of pressures so that really shows that he was getting to the quarterback and, you know, making the quarterback uncomfortable back there. Yeah, I see him getting 8 to 9, 10 sacks this year, playing opposite um, of Yannick Ngakwe. They traded from him from the, the Raiders when they gave up Rocky Sin. Um, so, having, you know, Ngakwe on the other side of pay is only going to help him elevate his game. You have the Cardinals linebacker, Isaiah Simmons, another former first round pick going into his third year, but I really think he's going to have a breakout year. He's obviously the most, probably the verse, most versatile defensive player in the NFL. That's what he was at Clemson. Even last year to, uh, in the Cardinals, he had take snaps outside corner in the slot on the edge, inside, the differential linebacker, middle linebacker, free safety, strong safety. So he is literally a chess piece, and that's what everyone thought he was coming out of the draft, myself included. Um, and his talent's always been elite, and he's a guy I really like. I think he's going to focus more on the inside linebacker this year, opposite of Zayvon Collins. But he's still going to play some safety because he can do it and be really good at it. But he hit under five tackles last year, one and a half sacks, one interception, and seven pass deflections. I could see him getting three or four sacks this year, three or four interceptions, another 100 tackle plus season because he's just a guy that his talent is you know out of this world and i think he's going to become more of an elite player in the nfl and have even more of the casual fans know who he is next year then you have cleveland linebacker jeremiah Wusso koromoa second round pick um rookie last year he had 76 tackles one and a half sacks and two forced fumbles he was a guy i thought washington should have picked in the first round last year over Jamin davis obviously they didn't they almost had a, they had a chance to pick him in the second round too and they didn't but jok is a guy that um is going to be you know, one of the better linebackers in this league. He's more of an undersized linebacker, but he makes up for his play style. And again, like I said, he, he had a good rookie year last year. I think he can get over 100 tackles this year, three or four sacks. And he also has good hands. So I think he can see him making two or three interceptions this year as well. Then you have Minnesota Vikings cornerback Cameron Dantzler. 6'2", 190. He's going to be the number one corner there now, opposite of Patrick Peterson. He had 53 tackles, one interception, and one forced fumble. It seemed like the previous regime just had a problem with him. They didn't play him as much and, you know, didn't really give him any opportunities. But, um... You know, based off his length and his playmaking ability and his smarts at the defensive, I mean, at the cornerback position, I liked him in Mississippi State as well. I think he can, you know, really prove to be the number one corner in Minnesota. And you have Panthers cornerback JC Horn. Only played a few games last year before a season injury, injury so he only had five tackles and one interception. But he was a top ten pick for a reason. He's going to be the number one cornerback in Carolina for a long time. And his talents great. Six one, two hundred pounds. Um, Really, really good instincts. I uh, love the way he breaks on the ball. JC Horns a guy that's going to be the number one quarter for Carolina starting next year. Then you have New England safety Kyle Duggar. He had a really good year last year already. 92 tackles, four interceptions, five pass deflections. But I think this is a year where people are talk, talking about him as a top five, top eight safety in this league. Um, he's going to play. Will really already play the Patrick Chung role. the you know the guy that's Ch- Chung was in England for ten years. Um, and Kyle Duggar is that same kind of player, and will you know be someone that Belichick builds his defense around. So moving to the Commanders real quick, just some guys obviously I'm high on. Antonio Gibson I think should be – I could have mentioned him you know, around the league as well. I'm a huge Antonio Gibson fan. He know, 258 attempts last year, 1,037 rushing yards. That's a 4-yard, 4.0-yard per carry, 7 touchdowns. Um, obviously the big problem with him last year was the fumbles. I absolutely love the way he worked on his body this year and trimmed down, and it's only going to make him more explosive um, and you know, really make hopefully take his game to the next level. The only thing that's going to slow down Antonio Gibson now that he has – Another running back to split carries with and Brian Robinson Jr., the third rookie third rounder, and obviously J.D. McKissick takes snaps away from him on the passing downs. Might not have him reach his absolute potential that way, but I still think he's a 12 or 1,300-yard rusher. If Washington continues to run the ball, I can expect him to. Ron Rivera wants to pound the rocks while he drafted Brian Robinson Jr. His passing game um, outlook is probably never going to be what it could be because of JD McKissick, and I love JD McKissick as well, so I understand the way it, but they can also play with two backs. But Gibson had 42 catches, 295 four yards rushing, excuse me, receiving, at seven yards per k- a catch, and three touchdowns last year. So he had 10 total touchdowns last year, 11 rushing touchdowns rookie year. He has 21 total touchdowns in his first two years. Um, so he's always been a touchdown maker, even going back to his days in Memphis. But I could see him having at least another 12 or 13 total touchdowns this year between rushing and receiving. Anywhere from eleven hundred to thirteen yards rushing, you know, and three hundred to three hundred and fifty total touches between rushing and receiving. So Gibson's a guy I'm, you know, I'm really, really happy he is on Washington Commander's roster. Um, this might be a little of a cheat because he's obviously never been played down in the NFL, but Jahan Dotson's a guy I think is gonna have a really good rookie year. He had ninety one catches, one thousand one hundred eighty two yards receiving last year, good for a thirteen yard per catch average and twelve touchdowns. Obviously, that was Penn State. He's coming to the NFL now, but he's had an amazing start to his um, professional career in OTAs and mini camp, and I think he's in a really good training camp. He's going to be the clear number two receiver for Washington and hopefully take a lot of pressure off of Terry McLaurin and even Curtis Samuel. So Dotson's a guy I totally expect to have 800, 900, 800 to 900 yards receiving, you know, 50 to 60 catches, four or five touchdowns. He'll return some punts as well. So Dotson's a guy I think is going to be a really, really good first-round pick for Washington, really, and in, in right away from day one. Then you have tackle Sam Cosme. Um, he had a good rookie year last year. He just missed a good amount of games due to injury. If he could stay healthy, you know, he could prove to be a top 10 right tackle in this league. I really believe that. And maybe even move to left tackle a couple years down the line when Charles Leno's extension, you know, expires. But Cosby's the guy's a really athletic, you know, build and profile. And as long as he, you know, puts on a little more weight, refines the technique, I think he's going to even get better. And, you know, obviously the biggest part of that is staying healthy as well. Cosby's going to be a really good second round pick for Washington uh, from 2021. You have linebacker Cole Holcomb. Obviously, has had a good you know, three-year run. Being a fifth-round pick, he's been a really good value um, for where he was drafted. He had 142 tackles, two interceptions, and one sack last year. He's going to play exclusively the Mike this year for the first time in his career. Let's see if he's ready for it. I think he is. The Hoogers staff obviously thinks he is, or at least hopes he is. Holcomb's looking for a new contract, whether it be with Washington or someone else. I expect him to have similar numbers next year um, with maybe a few more sacks and a few more interceptions, but really you know, show his importance to this defense and his organization this year. I expect him to do that. Like I said, he's playing for a contract. He's a very explosive athlete. He ran a 4 4 at his pro day at going back to North Carolina. Um, he has good instincts, good hands. I remember the pick six against Zach Prescott he had last year in the Dallas game, the first Dallas game. So Holcomb's a guy, another thing I think, can have a breakout year in 2022. Then you have cornerback Benjamin St. Juice going into a second year, third round pick. He had 26 tackles last year, but missed a good amount of time due to concussions at the end of the season on IR. Looks like he's going to play more of the nickel role this year with Kendall Fuller and William Jackson on the outside. Maybe even play a little more of that Buffalo nickel as well. He's a big 6'2", 6'3", corner. He's long. Um, he's not afraid to tackle. He's good against the run game as well, so that's why I think he can maybe play and maybe even thrive in that Buffalo nickel role. Uh, but St. Juice is a guy, you know, obviously not the most prototype size for a nickel corner, but I think St. Juice has, you know, the short area quickness to hopefully, you know, hang with smaller, those smaller slot receivers. So if St. Juice can stay healthy, I think he you know, form a nice trio of corners with William Jackson the third and Kendall Fuller. And then lastly, my favorite you know, pick here, along with Antonio Gibson, is safety Cam Curl. Cam had 99 tackles, five pass deflections, and one sack last year. He had three interceptions his rookie year, but none last year. I expect him to have three or four this year with maybe two to three sacks and maybe 120 tackles. I think he's really, really going to show um, the player that he is and you know, maybe become a top 10 safety this you know this year. He's a guy that will be looking for a contract after next year absolute tremendous value of the seventh round Washington had in 2020 draft getting him I'm a big fan of him I love the way he plays he's such an intelligent smart player he watches film you could tell he does um, and he has athletic talent to you know go aside with the mental capabilities that he already possesses so Cam is a guy that I think is going to have a really really nice 2022 season and really put himself on the map the top safe in the NFL With well, that will include this Roman in on League episode there are big breakouts every year in the NFL and I think from this list we'll see some of those guys this year Hopefully a few of these guys in the Commanders break out to help this team lead to some more wins. You can follow me on Twitter at Scout 21 Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.